we were talking about a little bit about breakthroughs in our lives, and it kind of goes something like this. God gives us a promise, a whole bunch of pressure comes at us, and we press in, and at the very point of breaking in, the pressure gets harder, then we break through. And that's something we've seen in our own lives, and, and, and I see coming for us a breakthrough. But when there's, it's the same with what's going on, I think, in our nation and, and the world right now. We've had a promise of an end time. It's coming fairly soon. There's extra pressure right now, but there's a point of breaking through. But before that point of breakthrough, there's some extra darkness. And the extra darkness is something that cannot be avoided. But what I purpose here today is to try to show you how to stay on track when you go through hard times. Not only what happens in our nation, but in your own personal life. We've talked uh, about hearing God. And we've talked a lot about hearing God. There's lots of different ways of hearing God. We've talked about, you know, the Scriptures, how you hear God in the Scriptures, how He speaks to your heart, how He even sometimes speaks audibly, how He speaks in situations, how He speaks in dreams and visions. There's many, many, many ways of hearing God. And God does speak to each and every one if He's listening. But what happens between the time what we hear God and what we believe He said? is what I want to talk about a little bit more. That's a big gap in time, and it's affected by several different things. Now I'm going to talk about something. People hate this particular word. We mentioned it before, the soul, you know, because it it usually has a very, very bad connotation. connotation. Can't even say it right now. The idea it's soulish or anything else like that. But the soul is actually made of the mind, emotions, and the will. Not a bad thing. When it's redeemed, it's not a bad thing at all. It started off good, it was cut off from God, and now without God, it's lost. Unfortunately, when we hear God, we have to run it through those things. It's going to go through our mind, it's going to be dealing with our will, and it's going to be dealing with our emotions. And that can change how we see things or hear things from God. God can say things very, very clearly. I don't know how many of you, I sure have, heard things from God very, very directly, and I changed them because of my will. Because of my desire. And desires don't have to be bad desires either. They can be good things. Uh, I, I was once married before, and I thought he said, I'm going to heal your family. And I thought that meant I'm going to heal your marriage. But it didn't mean that. I wanted to because I wanted to have a perfect Christian family. It didn't work out that way. Now, as you know, I've been married for about 25 years now, for quite a while. But And what God brought me is a great blessing. Far above anything I had before. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> More? No, 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 no. It goes like this. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is true. Uh, uh, very much a blessing. But, you know, I thought, I thought something else. And so it, it bent the way I heard things and made my hearing distorted. So the soul... Is, is a thing that when you said yes to God again becomes redeemed. Now at that particular point, that as every part of us was justified once and for all, and all of our sins are forgiven. The ones you made before, the ones you make today, and the ones you make in the future. They're forgiven because that's His nature. As long as what? You keep eating from that tree of life. You know, a lot of people think one time saved, always saved. I don't happen to agree with that. 
Adam was one time saved and ate from the tree of life, but one time he stopped because he was moved out of the garden, and that was the point he died. And that was a process he died and was separated. So we have to continually eat. And it's a process because though we're justified once and for all, the process of sanctification is a process that takes a lifetime and is finished when we go to be with him. Sanctification is the changing of who we are. It's the renewing of our mind. It is the changing of our will and our heart. It's that process. It's a process of the removal of the actual sinning in our life, even though they're covered, and the blood's covered them so they don't count anymore against us. But it's removing those out of our lives. So what? Lots of things. But one of the things is so we can hear correctly. Because without that, we can't. Because if we have an emotion that's clouded by desires, even though they may be good, may not be what God has in mind, or maybe they're not good. Maybe they're clouded because maybe we want something really bad. How many of you know friends that have had this thing that God's told them that they're going to marry someone, and they're just so certain of it they can't hear anything else? Well, there is one most likely was clouded by their will. They wanted that. Or how many of you have wanted something that you just... I can remember when we went to buy a house down in this area, uh, in Malibu, this one house we wanted so darn bad. I mean, I, I was, you know, oh God, like, like I had to talk them to give me something good. It was ridiculous. But I was going after God all over the place, all over the place for this particular house. And guess what? I didn't get it. And what he did was give me something much better. But I... I didn't know. My will clouded what I was hope, not hoping for. That I didn't know I heard. But that what I was hoping for. And the things you hope for and desire for pollute the things in the way you see God speaking to you. You know, one of the things when people talk to me, and you probably hear this, and I know every one of you said it, me included, many, many times, God told me. And, 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 he may have or may not. He may have told you and it got filtered the wrong way. But what will happen very often is you'll come up to somebody like myself or someone else and say, God told me this. Now, one of the things for change in our lives is uh, we're going to talk about is, is the body and authority and leadership. And a lot of things change, you know, are, are there to help us stay on track. Well, when you come up to someone and say, God told me, there's nothing you can say to them. Unless you're bold, like me, I sometimes will say, you know, you love me? you trust me? Do you believe me? Yeah. I don't think God told you anything on this one. Sorry. I'll say it in a little nicer way than that, but I will. But most of us won't. And it's very, very hard for me to say it, too. Because somebody has it, and they have all their hope in it. And I don't want to blow it because God really did tell them. But I want them to say something like, you know, I think God was saying to me. If you say that, you give yourself some room. You give other people room to say, hey, and speak into your life a little bit. That's important. You know, hey, I think God said this to me. I think I heard this. Because I don't know anybody that has, has the, the red phone, you know, that, that has the direct line that gets everything verbatim, word for word. Nobody I know. There are probably somebody that gets some pretty direct words, but it's, it's usually the louder they are, the harder they test to them, you know. Uh, but... God does tell us things, but we have to couch how we say it because we're listening through a filter or an, or an implementer. I was talking to John Paul Jackson this last week, and I said, you know, 
what would be a good name? I was talking about what I was going to talk about today. He called me about something else, and I said, yeah, I'm thinking about this and how to present it. He has some things and things he says that are a little misleading to me, hard for me to understand, over my head. And I told him, that's over my head. So, what would you call this thing? He says, I would call it the implementer. That's a pretty good word. I like it. Because what it is, you can hear lots of different things, you know. It's not only God that speaks to you. The enemy speaks to you, too, and your will speaks to you. That's a hard thing to figure out which one of those things are speaking to you when you make your choices. But that implementer decides which one of those things is real and which ones you're going to act upon. And so the implementer is the soul, and the soul has to be sanctified, and the soul has to be cleaned up. It has to be healed up, and it has to know the truth, both healed up and the truth, because without both of those, it's not going to work well. Now, we have God living in us. That's great news. He lives in us, so that's what we can expect to hear him speak. But we have to know some other things. We have to learn to be sensitive to his voice, because he usually doesn't speak that loud. He usually speaks in in parables in our lives, or, or in situations in our lives, or scriptures in our lives, or different things in our lives. And it's a little bit of practice to know which one of them it is. It says in uh, Proverbs 25, 2, that, it, that he loves to hide a matter. And it, it's the glory of us to seek him out. Well, he wants to be sought out. And he does reward those who diligently seek him. And we have to be those who diligently seek him. So when God comes in and we say yes to God, he begins the process of renewing our mind, will, and our emotions. You know, that process that will make the implementer uh, our soul clearer, more precise, because it is his heart for us to do the right thing. It is his heart for us to succeed. It is his heart to have us like him, and it is his heart to bless us, and it is his heart to heal us. That's who he is. It's the enemy, it's the one who goes the other way. So this renewing of the soul goes on and changes us. Now, what I'm going to do today, and we haven't done a little bit, and we're a small group, so it'll be real easy. I'm going to have you guys break up in groups of four or five people. Because what we're going to do is I want to walk through these things. And what we're going to do is construct a kind of a list. Because I kind of think this is important, how we hear God and make sure we don't hear God incorrectly. I mean, every single part of your life is bound to this. If God is first in your life... You're listening to him before you do things. You ask God who you're going to marry. You ask God what church you go to. You ask God for all the major choices in your life. Yeah, he gives you his wisdom and his presence to tell you what pair of shoes to put on yourself. If you want to ask him, that's fine too. But some major things he expects you to ask him. If I'm a man under authority and I have a certain levels of authority, I know I can operate under those levels of authority without a problem. But there's some choices that are above my pay level. A lot of things are above my pay level. So those things above my pay level, like where I'm going to go, where I'm going to live, who I'm going to marry, all those things, I ask. And I expect him to answer, and he does. He says, he says a good father, you know, if a kid asks for fish, you aren't going to give him a snake. Obviously, he's much better than a good father. He wants to answer your questions. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you. But we have to diligently seek it out how he works. It's important to know how he works, what he does and what he doesn't. Now, I don't have the I-know-everything-how-he-works handbook. Because <laughs> I, I don't know anybody teaches on this stuff. 
And if I did, I wouldn't want to copy it because I really want to hear for myself what God is saying. In life, I don't like to reinvent the wheel, but with the kingdom, very often I do. I like God to reinvent the wheel in me because I want to learn it from the personal way. So what I want to do is have you break up in groups of uh, four or five, no six, four or five. You get five, you split off. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some scriptures to look at, and I want you to pull principles out of them. And there are going to be other scriptures that the Holy Spirit's going to bring to mind for you. I want you to bring those up too, and then we're going to discuss them together. So, all right, groups of four or five. Without further ado, let's get in those groups, and I'll give you the scriptures if I can make the computers work right. Voice coming out all right? Yeah. As long as it's not too hot, I can... I can boost it. Now, I've done myself a favor by putting these on PowerPoint, the scriptures I have, so I don't have to tell you 15,000 times. (laughs) So I'll have those up in a minute, hopefully. By the way, sorry we didn't have words today. I started off with the words today. And we had a problem with the program like we did last week. So I went to there to uh, 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 fix it, to uh, clean it up, and it deleted the program. So I pulled up a beta copy that I had, set it up, put all the words in, typed it all in, got ready, hit the button, and dumped all those. And so I said, we have no words today. (laughs) All right. Uh, We're looking for principles in here. Now, you've got a list of paper. Uh, take one of those lists, and I want you to build yourself something that you're going to look at again. Okay. Now I got to... I don't know. I'm just going to do it this... Well, that's... Does it matter how to work PowerPoint well? I don't know why this is doing this to me. Ah, there it is. I won't touch it. Touch it. Do not touch it. Okay. Look at these scriptures. This is interactive time, so you tell me what principles there are. And I've got several sets of scriptures to look at. We'll get as far as we can. And I want to talk about this. I want us to be a conversation. Yes, I've given you your word. Uh, conversation on uh, uh, on hearing God. Okay, we could in a conversation. Oh, excuse me. Very, very important. I got to I got to work on your voice there. I think I'm a long ways away. These aren't meant to be real hard. And I'm looking for the main principles of them. Main thing. What what we're going to do is we're going to find the different principles that God would use to keep us on track and online. Okay, since we hear God and we have a mix. God is healing us as we seek healing and we seek his calling in our life or our birthright or calling, as uh, Arthur Burke would say. Then what would happen? Uh, we change. Now, what kind of plumb lines 
if I use his word, can we use to keep us on track? Because we are in process now, and we hear in part, we're broken, we're hearing through our emotions, we're hearing through what we think we understand. So what would keep us, what are the things that would help us work this filter out? Because there is a filter that we can look through. Now, what a filter does is it removes certain things and allows certain things to come through. That's what a filter does in life. If you look through a red filter and everything's red, it re- takes everything out by red. And so we're, we're going to develop a filter here that we can look through that you can begin to actually think rather than come up and say, you know, God told me. And, and you tell me that, that you're supposed to marry so-and-so over there, this major actress in, in Hollywood. I've heard that, stuff like that, believe it or not. Wouldn't believe what I've heard. But you know what? Good intentions, good mind, but don't know the difference. Why does that happen? As I told you before, because we've been trained to answer to our emotions through business, through advertisements, and through the church. We've been trained to think that our emotions is the Spirit of God, and it's not. It's a reaction to it. So, therefore, my people go into exile for lack of understanding. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. We misunderstand what God's trying to say. On the the second verse, we talked about how not not only is it important to hear God, but to obey him and be open to listening to God. A lot of times we're selective and we just want to obey those things that we agree with and not all the things that God wants us to do. Also, we need to be... We need to be... We need to obey... Um, first time on those those little things that we have absolute surety you know those little things that we absolutely know god wants us to do and then when we get to the other things the big things like who am i going to marry where am i going to live which you're not sure that you have your spirit trained so that's the most important thing and the mind and the will and your emotions don't get in the way um we also talked about how the Lord can discipline us and I forgot us. That's about all. Okay. Can I stand up? Oh, okay. 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 I'll just just chime in. Okay. Karen, you want to? Okay, we're on? Okay, great. So we got some... Okay, John, and this is my wife, Karen. Okay. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. We're from Colorado. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we're running a place in Santa Monica. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, We met Tom yesterday. Tom Grody. Yeah. Um, 
what we picked up was principles that can keep us on track, like guardrails in our life, and then also the things that are filters that can keep us from hearing hearing God. So that's kind of how we divided it up. Um, as far as keeping those guardrails is knowing the Scripture, how important that is to, to really get into the Word and get the Word into you. And that will that'll be a plumb line in your heart so you, so you know. Uh, and knowing the power of God, how important that is to know His power, to recognize His power. Also, um, understanding, understanding the word, revelation, and it's, it's a difference between logos and rhema. Logos is when you're reading the word, you're doing your, you're doing your daily thing, you know, but rhema is when, when, when God gives the holy highlighter and he just kind of highlights the scripture and it's like, it pops up. He's like, I've read this before, but it's, it's, it's ne- I've never seen that part. And it's just like, you've read it over, but it's just like, it just pops out. So that's a revelation. Listening to God and obeying God. We talked about how, um, sometimes if we don't obey God, then why would he give us more revelation? He wants us to be faithful with what he's given us before he gives us more. Uh, the importance of walking in righteousness. When we walk in sin, we're talking about that. When, when I walk in sin, I notice my power. It's like my power. The light dims. But when I walk in righteousness, I can feel him just flow. And there's a power that comes with that. Um, we talked about speaking God's word, how important that is to speak at the lips of righteous feed many, how God's word feeds people. I love that. How we, we get that flow going as we, as we speak that word, God gives us more. And then humility, how important it is to be humble before God and, uh, asking him for revelation. So these, these are active things we can, we can use as guardrails to keep us on track to listen to him. Did I miss anything? And then on the filter side, am I doing okay? Okay, great. All right. On the filter side, it's, we thought it was interesting how uh, there's a part where it says they refuse to listen to him. So that wasn't just a la- like some people. Sometimes we we have trouble hearing from God. That's one thing. But when they ref- when we refuse to listen, boy, that, that's a danger point. When we refuse, it's like a, there's a resentment there, and uh, that leads to lack of understanding. Um, also, ungodliness, um, the resentment, and we talked about. How David, um, it's interesting, David whined a little bit in Psalms. <laughs> There's some whining in there. But what's cool is, like, even though he's whining, he kept connecting with God. He kept saying, you know, he kept that connection point. He didn't go to the point of resentment. And that's where you refuse to listen to God. He just kept connecting with God. I, I, you know, that kind of thing kept coming back. And a few things to wrap up. Um, foolishness, lack of understanding, are things that can keep us from listening to God. And refusing to cry out for him. And this is a really cool revelation. You want to share that real quick about resentment? Okay. Yeah. I was reading on the Job 36 part. And the part where the godless are full of resentment, that part's kept kind of echoing and it's like well that's a filter that's going to get in your way i wonder what the scriptures are around that and so verse 11 in the niv if they obey and serve him they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and the years in contentment well that's the good cycle if they don't listen they'll perish by the sword and die without knowledge that's the bad part the godless in their heart harbor resentment even when he fetters them they do not cry out for help um, but those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. And with the rest of the, uh, verse 13 and 15 combined with that, what I was seeing was the, the heart position of resentment is you are shut down. You are not listening. When my kids stomp off in resist, resentment when I'm trying to speak to them, they're not listening anymore to what I have to say. If they would turn and face me and continue the conversation, 
we could come to a solution. We could come to resolution. We could come to prosperity and contentment in their lives instead of um, the lack of knowledge and the bad stuff that goes with it. So sometimes when God gives us what I was seeing from the scripture was sometimes when God gives us hardship and we want to just complain and all that, he's really putting the affliction in our way, what seems like affliction in our way. We're not putting affliction in our kids' lives when we say, no, you can't do that. We really know what's best. And if we'll just keep the communication open and listen and obey and go through this whole process of hearing what he has to say and following through with it, we'll get the prosperity. We'll get the good things in our lives. Um, we were, what we first started focusing on was Isaiah 5. And if you read the beginning of the chapter, it talks about God first says, this is my beloved, that he wants to bless us. But as the chapter goes on, before 13, they talk about the fact that God had given him vineyards, and they started getting drunk on that, and they started staying in that one place, and they did not move on. And so what ended up happening is that they started to sin with it, and sin became its own judgment. And by its own judgment, all of a sudden, God kind of turned them over and said, because of your lack of understanding, you will go into exile. And that what ends up happening, I even think of my own life with the fact that sometimes I can get stuck on the past and not move on. And all of a sudden, my relationship with God is ending because I'm more stuck on what we had versus what's coming new and fresh. In terms of outpouring and just all the different things and hearing the voice of God. Because I think that it is true that God wants relationship and we do need to reinvent the wheel every single time to just try and develop more and more relationship with that. Who's doing speaking? No feedback, right? Okay. Um, let me get my glasses on. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Hang on to this, please. Okay, you know, basically, we, we pretty much tied everything together on this one. What we were looking at here is, in, in particular, was the lack of understanding. And the understanding that we've been getting is... Um, Everything, we, you know, whenever we've been hearing a word from God, sometimes we're not listening to it right because we're trying to put everything uh, into perspective with, with everything we've learned from the past. We've always got a point of reference from, from the past, and we're trying to push forward and, and trying to deal with how we're trying, how we're trying to um, handle what direction God wants to put us in. But we're thinking, you know, we only have a certain point of reference as human beings from what we've learned through, the, you know, through days past. And the, the one principle we've got is you've got to just basically kind of strip away your points of reference and, and listen with new ears. Uh, see what God has to really say and listen to him, not just, not just gloss over and think, okay, well, I did this in the past. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. We're going we're, we're gonna to be going into deeper and deeper, darker days as we've, as we've been seeing. You can see that just reading the news. And uh, it's more like you've just got to focus on the Lord rather than on your, on your own uh, Situation where wherever you are, no matter how dark it is, because if if, if uh, like like in Proverbs there, if you don't listen to them, you're going to be foolish. If you if you're not understanding or if you're not trying to understand God, which we're all trying to, um, but if you if you 
if you put blocks up because of what you've learned in the past, you probably never will understand God and you, you're going to perish. All right. Robert, you're it. <laughs> they all pointed at you and you didn't point to anybody else. Come on, Robert. You can do it. Come on. I know. Come on. Hey, Bobby, you were the filter guy. Uh, about the best I can say is ditto what Group 2 said. They just took everything right out of us, so, you know. <laughs> well, what I got out of it, lack of understanding, is lack of relationship. It's all about relationship with the Lord. He is understanding. And the closer we pursue Him, the more we pursue Him, the more understanding we have. I don't know if we totally or if I totally understood what was going on completely, but as far as um, being able to hear clearly from the Lord, um, one of the verses that came to me was it's in Hebrews where it talks about the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword and it divides between soul and spirit. And one of the things that Gary was mentioning, other was, you know, our soul, you know, we want to hear from the Holy Spirit, you know, residing in our soul.